Welcome to the Royal Caribbean Blog Podcast, a weekly look into the world of Royal Caribbean cruising. I'm your host, Matt Hotchberg, and this is episode number 24. This week, we're going to be talking about a key ingredient to any Royal Caribbean cruise, and that's choosing a stateroom. Royal Caribbean cruise ships offer a number of stateroom categories and types, so let's look at the different categories of staterooms, discuss the good and bad about each, take into consideration other factors, and look at the specialty rooms available. This podcast, of course, would not be complete without some feedback from all of you, so we've got more emails and social media messages to share. Here we go. Ah, Royal Caribbean staterooms. And you know what? Choosing a stateroom is different for everyone because what might be important to one person may not be important to someone else. So when we're choosing your stateroom type, there's definitely some factors to consider for everybody. Let's look at the different categories of staterooms that Royal Caribbean offers. We're going to start with interior staterooms. Now, like all staterooms, the size of interior staterooms varies from ship to ship. And there are a few basic types of interior staterooms. You have your basic interior stateroom that has no windows or views and is simply four walls. It's cheap and no frills, but like many people point out, if you're just going on the cruise to sleep and shower in your stateroom, it makes great sense to stay in an inside stateroom and save some money. Next, you have family interior staterooms, which are similar to your basic interior stateroom, but they feature a lot more space, usually up to room for six guests. Now, exact layouts of a family interior staterooms vary from ship to ship and even from inside each ship, but this can be a great choice for families that want to stay in one stateroom but don't want to be crammed together. And of course, we talked a little bit about the family staterooms on the episode 22 that we did all about kids in cruising on Royal Caribbean. Another type of interior stateroom is something new for the Quantum class and also Navigator of the Seas, and that's a virtual balcony, which is an inside stateroom, but it features an 80-inch LCD screen that displays views of the ocean. So basically, you have your four walls, but one of the walls is a huge LCD screen. Now, this is a really interesting option, and we have to see them in action, but the previews look really amazing. In fact, I booked one for myself on the Royal Caribbean blog group cruise on March 21st, 2015 on Quantum of the Seas to try it out. And of course, since I'm talking about the Royal Caribbean blog group cruise, I feel compelled to remind all of our listeners that I really am inviting all of you to join us for it. It's going to be so much fun to be there all together, sharing this brand new cruise ship with other Royal Caribbean fans that are really passionate about it. And, you know, I know there are a lot of people that have already booked it and others that are still contemplating it. So to the Michael Pools and Daniel Perry's of the world, looking forward to seeing you and, of course, everyone else listening on board. Anyway, back to Virtual Balconies. I hope to actually have a chance to preview the Virtual Balconies in person when I go on Navigator this season next month because that'll be the first time we're going to see Virtual Balconies. I'm hoping to see it in person. So if and when we do, look for updates on that on RoyalCoreanBlog.com. I should mention that Inside staterooms and all stateroom categories we'll talk about feature a basic amenity set that includes beds that can be combined or separated, private bathroom and shower, hair dryer, mini refrigerator, table, chairs, and closet space. The other thing I absolutely love about inside staterooms is that there is no natural light coming in, and it is great for sleeping. Often, I'll wake up in the morning, figure it must be like still early, and realize it's like 11 a.m. already. It feels like I'm back in college. So for people that like to sleep in or don't like a lot of light when they're sleeping, it's great because it is literally pitch black. Next, we have outside staterooms. Now, outside staterooms are just like inside staterooms, except they have a window or porthole that looks out to the ocean or somewhere else on the ship. If you're wondering what I mean by somewhere else on the ship, well, there are some ships out there that have outside staterooms that have views of, say, the Royal Promenade, the Boardwalk, or Central Park neighborhoods. So it's important to note that the portholes or windows do not open, but they do allow natural light in, except for the ones that are view of the Royal Promenade, I suppose, because that's just not natural light. It's just, you know, man-made light. But anyway, there's light that's coming into the room, essentially. Outside staterooms are also typically larger than inside staterooms, but they feature the same basic amenities. 
There are also family outside the rooms, again, that feature more space for families. And actually, I'll be staying in a family ocean view stateroom on my Navigator of the Seas cruise next month. And really what appealed to me and my family about these was the sheer amount of space for the price, as well as the option to have separation between me and my daughter when we would go to bed. So looking forward to that. And there's another option for you as well. Next, we have balcony staterooms. And balcony staterooms are staterooms that have a private balcony or veranda attached to your stateroom. In addition, balcony staterooms have much more space for the inside portion of the cabin relative to, say, interior or outside staterooms. Now, exact size of balcony staterooms vary from ship to ship and even from category to category on each ship. So while there may be, let's say, four or five different types of balcony cabins, the size of each can vary depending on the cabin and also where it's located. Now, I consider balcony staterooms to be the most affordable, luxurious staterooms available to most people. They offer the most space for the dollar, and I find it easy to rationalize spending a little more money to enjoy having that private balcony. If my wife was here, she would wax poetically about the balcony and being able to sit on the balcony and read a book or enjoy the breeze in the evening. Also, when we're in port, it's really fun to see the going-ons. Now, I admit I love balcony staterooms, and it's the category of stateroom that I often book when I'm booking a Royal Caribbean cruise, but... I also always find myself not spending nearly as much time on the balcony as I thought I would. You often hear people becoming balcony snobs because once you stay in a balcony, it's hard to go back to inside staterooms, and I certainly understand that. There's no question the extra space and a view of the balcony cabin is fantastic. I often look at the prices and see what I can get. Some cruises, the difference in price between an outside cabin and a balcony cabin is negligible, while on others... The I can save a few hundred dollars by staying in an inside cabin, so perhaps staying in that inside or even an outside stateroom can be worth it in that case. Now, last category we have is suites, and suites are the largest category of staterooms Royal Caribbean offers, and there's a wide difference in suites. I want to make the largest, by the way, is the largest in terms of square footage. You can start with a junior suite, which is basically a glorified balcony stateroom, and go all the way up to presidential suites, which are like condos. On Oasis and Quantum Class, the suites are now multiple stories, and frankly, they're amazing to see. It's just unbelievable. Suites also come with amenities like full bathtubs, separate rooms, butler service, concierge service, and access to a concierge lounge and other cool options as well. Suites are also very large in square footage relative to the other categories of staterooms, both in the inside part of the suite as well as the balcony size. Now, as you might imagine, suites are more expensive, and in fact, they're the most expensive category, and prices begin at about $1,000 per person and can go up to literally tens of thousands of dollars per person. So when we're talking about suites, I compare booking a suite on a Royal Caribbean ship to booking a first-class plane ticket. It's not much of a value proposition as, as it is a perk. You have the money to spend, and you want to splurge, so you do it, and that's really why you would book a suite on Royal Caribbean. I've stayed in a junior suite before, and I've certainly daydreamed about staying in other categories of suites, but it's nice to know these categories are available, and if you've got the money, well, one, please invite me to come with you, and two, book it, because it's it's great and fantastic, and the service is amazing. So now that you know about the categories, there's one other big component to picking a stateroom, and that's the location of the stateroom on the ship. Frankly, not all staterooms are the same, even if their name says they are. Royal Caribbean places its staterooms all over the ship, and some are definitely better than others. Most people will tell you the best stateroom location is midship on a deck that has only other staterooms above and below it. The reason for this is likely it'll be the most quiet, meaning there'll be as little quote-unquote noise bleed as from other places on the ship as possible. The other reason is midship tends to be the most stable. Now, seasickness is always a concern for anybody, and being midship ensures the least movement. Royal Caribbean does offer discounts on staterooms further away from midship, which can be good or bad depending on your perspective. 
As an example, remember that family outside stateroom I booked for Navigator to the Seas? Well, it's all the way forward, literally the first stateroom on the deck. So one trade-off is I'll have to walk a lot more to get to places, and the in-room experience could be a little more rocky than I'm used to. There's also staterooms in low-deck staterooms and high-deck staterooms. Now, low-deck staterooms offer the worst views, and in case some cases, no view at all, but they're also among the least expensive. Also, some people claim low-deck cabins are among the smoothest sailing experience there is. High-deck cabins usually cost a little bit more, but offer better views and closer access to amenities around the ship. I'd say the bigger concern is noise. Some cabins above or below places like a restaurant, public area, or pool can result in noise bleeding through the cabin. This is an issue for some people, and it might bother one person, and other people might not even notice. So, an example, this is a, here's a quick story. When I was on Jewel the Seas, I thought what I had was the perfect stateroom. Midship, on the hump, with a huge balcony. It was great. Only did I realize when I got on the ship that the noise of the centrum kept us up at night until the music was done for the evening. Now, others have had similar cabins on Radiance-class ships and didn't report any issue, so again, your mileage may vary. Now, in terms of staterooms, Royal Caribbean also has a few special categories that apply to multiple types of staterooms. First, you have obstructed view staterooms, and these are staterooms that have a view outside, but there is something physically in the way of a view, such as maybe a bulkhead or even a lifeboat. Because the view is, well, obstructed, demand for these is less, and thus prices for these types of cabins can be less than a regular stateroom of the same category. You're still seeing outside, you still have a view, but there may be something in the way. A lot of people will often mention that there are obstructed staterooms, but they may be partially blocked. In some cases, it's considered a blocked stateroom, but in reality, there's maybe a lifeboat underneath it, so you can't see down, but you can definitely see out. And for me, I wouldn't care about that, and I'd gladly save a couple hundred dollars and get one of those. So it's important to know that just because it's a partially blocked stateroom doesn't mean that it's a bad view or no view at all. In fact, you can have some great views. There's also connecting staterooms, which are staterooms that have a common door between the two. Now, I spoke a little bit about these back on episode 22, but they are staterooms that are good for families or groups that want to be able to go between cabins without going out to the hallway. It's okay if you have a connecting stateroom, but don't know the people in the other stateroom because you can always lock the door from your side. So no worries about that. Next is accessible staterooms, which are staterooms ideal for handicapped passengers. Now, these staterooms offer a five-foot turning radius in sleeping areas, bathrooms, and sitting areas for easy maneuverability. Other options that are available in these types of staterooms are no door sill to get into the stateroom, lowered sink and stateroom vanity, lowered closet rods, accessible balconies are also available as well. These rooms are first offered to guests who have a disability until all other non-accessible staterooms in that category are reserved. Anyone can book these types of cabins if there is no need for them by those with disabilities, but you should be aware of the differences ahead of time. I'd refer you to Royal Caribbean's website, which has more information on accessibility on board the ship. And you know what? I'll place a link in the show notes to it on royalcaribbeanblog.com. I think most often price dictates a lot of what choices people have when booking a stateroom. The more you can afford, the more options you have. And that's, I think, a a fact. I would love to stay in a presidential suite. It's never going to happen because I'm not dropping $20,000 on a cruise. Regardless of cost, what you want and what you may need may be two different things. And balancing those needs is what you need to determine for yourself. Again, presidential suite's great, but I really don't need it, and certainly I can't afford it, so it's really not an option. So therefore, I'm probably going to look down from there. In fact, that I can make that argument for a lot of categories of suites, so you know that comes in, into play. All cabins on Royal Caribbean cruise ships are great, safe, and clean, and really, I wouldn't hesitate to book any category of staterooms inside or otherwise. For getaway cruises, 
where I'm trying to do things as cheaply as possible. An inside stateroom can be a great deal because it means I'm on a cruise, I'm not at work, and I really don't spend that much time in the stateroom anyway, so I can rationalize it. If I'm looking to take a longer cruise or maybe just reward myself, maybe I'll bump myself up to a balcony stateroom and enjoy the view. Likewise, if there's a good deal, I'll price out suite options in case the price difference isn't that much. And you know what? Prices for cabin categories can vary greatly. You might find inside staterooms being one price, outside staterooms being another price, and all of a sudden balconies are really cheap. Why? It's all about supply and demand. So you need to consider everything. It doesn't hurt to look or ask, and you never know what will be out there. The choice you make is likely a reflection on what your needs are, but it's also good to know what's available. Even if you know ahead of time which category you want, always compare other categories above or below your price to make sure there isn't some other deal out there. Again, regardless, there's really not a bad choice to be made. You're on a cruise. You're not at work. That's really what it comes down to. It's just a matter of what's available. And again, booking late, you might not have that much selection, but booking really early, you can have great selection. When that Jewel of the Seas cruise that I booked, I booked that out about 18 months in advance, which is a lot of time. But you know what? I was able to have any stateroom category I wanted. So it was great at not only the category I wanted, but the actual room. So there's good and bad about both. Regardless, you just got to you know see what's out there and make the right decision for you. It's once again time to read some of your listener messages, and I love reading these every week, so thank you for sending them in, and please keep them coming. First is an email from Christopher Percy. Hey, Matt, in episode 23 about the Liberty of the Seas listener cruise preview, sounds like Chad is becoming a real cruiser. Last-minute cruises can be fantastic deals. We did a 10-day cruise on the Dawn Princess a few years ago, where I received an email on a Friday afternoon from a travel agent. We utilized about a few cabins being available. The price for an inside cabin was $40 per day, so we jumped on it, and the following Monday, we were at the pier with confirmation in hand. We had a fabulous time and cruised for less per day than if we stayed at home. Gotta love those last-minute deals. Enjoy the podcast, and especially all the advice and recommendations you made in answering everyone's questions. Thank you, Christopher, and I agree about those last-minute deals. You know, that same cruise that Chad was going on, I really, really struggled with booking myself because it was such a great deal. It was like $189, $199 per person for an inside cabin. And again, going back to the subject of the, today's episode, I was willing to stay in an inside cabin because it would be a cheap way of making another vacation possible. So nothing wrong with that. I would have enjoyed my very no-view cabin if I could have been on a cruise. And now thinking about it, I'd be on a cruise right now instead of recording a podcast. So I love recording the podcast. Don't get me wrong. But being on a cruise would be a lot more fun. Thanks, Christopher. Next, we have an email from Hunt Lewis. Hi, Matt. I've been listening to the podcast since it began and visiting your blog even longer. Both are wonderful. I appreciate the clear information on the podcast and clean, easy to navigate website. Question. Does the change in towel fees mean I no longer have to check out a towel by swiping my library? I mean, CPAS card. I've always thought this process was cumbersome. Thanks for all the hard work. Hunt. Yeah, absolutely. But basically the change, if you haven't heard, Royal Caribbean Effective as of January 1st is no longer charging you a lost towel fee if you take out those pool towels at the pool deck. And of course, most people bring them not only to the pool, but also off the ship for excursions. You used to charge $20 if you didn't return it. They've now eliminated that fee. So yes, as I understand it, you're basically just going to go up there and say, I'd like four towels and they'll give you four towels and there's no swiping your card anymore because you had to do that in case you, of course, you know, lost or neglected to return the towels and then you were charged $20 each. Not the case anymore. There is no fee. And I, you know what? I applaud Royal Caribbean for this decision. I think it's a great idea. Frankly, most people were not fans of it. It was annoying. It made things slow and cumbersome. And of course, you know what? It, these towels are not exactly worth billions of dollars. They're not going to be losing that much money on it. And honestly, 
I don't even want to take them even if they were for free or if I could steal them because you know what? I keep thinking about how many other people probably use that towel. I don't want it. So <laughs> there you go. Thanks, Hunt. Next, we have an email from Kayla. Thank you for your blog on planning your upcoming Navigator of the Seas seven-night Western Caribbean cruise for February 9th. This is an itinerary my husband and I hope to do someday. We went to the Tulum Bruins when we visited Cozumel on the Voyager of the Seas back in 2012, and it was amazing. I'm dying to see Belize and Roatan as well one day. Hope you have a great time and can't wait to hear the podcast when you get back. Kayla, thank you so much. And of course, I am super excited for this cruise. I've been posting actually on RoyalCaribbeanBlog.com if you haven't seen it. The options of excursions I'm doing for the islands I'm visiting, which is Cozumel, Roatan, and Belize City. So it's been interesting not only to share with all of you, but also to make these decisions because some of these islands, Belize and Roatan, I've never been to before. And quite frankly, they've been a little difficult to figure out what I want to do on them. There's lots of choices. And, you know, it's, it's like picking between which kind of cut of steak I want. Never easy. So thank you so much, Kayla, for your feedback. And you bet I'm going to be giving you some good feedback and some episodes about my Navigator This Is experience when I get back. Let's go over to our Facebook page. We have a message from Jackie Hall. Matt, fantastic podcast as always. One other addition to your comments about eating outside of freedom. There are chairs and tables around Deck 11, not just chairs. So you can definitely eat comfortably outdoors. And don't forget the soft serve machine is on the pool deck too. A question I have for you and your listeners. It seems like all the discounts are on cabins for cruises lately, and it's really the airfare from Minnesota that's been difficult for us. Has Royal Caribbean offered any airfare with cruise deals recently? Great comments, Jackie, and you're absolutely right about the tables and chairs being available on ships as well on Deck 11. You know, it's a great place, especially if you want to be outside a little bit, and there are plenty of chairs and tables, especially in the covered areas, not so much out in the sun. But even on that side, you can take some food, maybe sit on one of those benches by the pool, have a little sandwich. It's not bad at all. In regard to your question about do the offer airfare cruise deals, no, not really. Royal Caribbean has their new policy. Well, it's not old. It's not new. It's old, actually. The program is called Choice Air, and it's basically an option for you to book your airfare in addition to a cruise. They claim, as of recently, that within, I think, 24 hours or 48 hours, something like that, they're going to match any the lowest price you can find. So there's no way that you're going to be paying more. I think back in the day, it was like almost like a, oh, all right, we'll book your airfare for you, but you're going to pay a premium for it because we're going to do it. The advantage of choosing Choice Air is that if there's any issues with your cruise, like your cruise is canceled or something happens to the ship and it can't dock or something, they will take care of you in terms of having to rebook your airfare and they're kind of your middleman, your travel agent, if you will. The downside is there's no real difference in terms of booking it on your own versus booking through there. And the, the benefit, I think, is not that great. And do I... I know they have a guarantee about their airfare price, but I don't know. Call me crazy. I prefer to book my airfare on their own. Now, to answer your question more directly about do they offer deals on cruise airfare combos, no. It's really out of their hands. The price of an airfare is just the price of an airfare. I don't think I've ever seen a deal where they've offered cheaper airfare than's posted in coordination with a cruise. It might not be a bad idea, but I think you know that would be a loss leader for them, meaning it would cost them money. Whereas if they slash the prices of their cruise, it's more of a control cost and they know they're making up in other ways so basically no unfortunately not and that's you know the downside of those last minute deals if you don't live near a cruise port where you can drive to or have access to some really cheap airfare that no one else does it's kind of out of your hands so i don't know i wish there was a better option i can give you jackie other than maybe some book some airfare randomly in you know months like early january hope for the best and <laughs> just drive around florida until you find a good deal <laughs> Also, definitely some great messages here today, and I want to thank everybody for sending them in. And of course, you know, I want to hear from you as well. So if you're listening, whether you've sent us a message before or never before, I want to hear from you. So 
If you'd like to, you can, of course, contact us. There's many different ways. On Twitter, we are at the RCL blog. Facebook, we're facebook.com slash Royal Caribbean blog. You can email us, matt at royalcaribbeanblog.com, M-A-T-T at royalcaribbeanblog.com, or call the Royal Caribbean blog voicemail by calling 408-6-ROYAL-6. That's 408-676-9256. And we will play the voicemails on the show. It's a lot of fun. It's a little more interactive. And don't worry, no one likes hearing their voice, but it's still fun. I promise you. So until next time, I'm Matt Hotchberg. We'll talk again soon.